When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Nine and Eight's Nonsense. We are back once again. It's Tuesday. And for some reason, this team literally just does not let us have one day where we can just enjoy, you know, the Warriors in the playoffs, the Giants playing in the Mets in New York. Nope. The Niners have to take the news headlines. So here we are. With me this week is John Chapman of the 49ers Rush Podcast. How are you doing, man? Man, I'm great. And you're right, man. This team is selfish. They they want it all. Like the NFL has kind of like imposed its will on all the other major sports. And the 49ers are doing the same thing. Like we have to constantly have something to talk about with this team. And when it seems like, okay, it's break time before the draft, they say not so fast. Thank you, Debo Samuel's goofball brother. <laughs> God, and we'll get to that. But real quick, John, I want to talk about something cool you're doing next week with all the fans. You're having to come out. You're doing a big draft party. I want to make sure everyone knows about that up the front, up front, you know, and knows what the cool stuff you're doing for this fan base. Man, the whole idea was the draft has always been my baby. Like, I have loved the draft. I go to the draft almost every single year, and I wanted to create the best party for Niners fans. Uh, all expenses, who gives a damn? That was the idea. So we rented out a, fr- a brand-new club in the Mandalay Bay uh, on the Strip in Vegas, and we've got not one but two 49ers coming out, Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell. So you get a party on the Strip during the NFL draft with nothing but a private group of 49ers fans with two football players, uh, autographs, all that kind of stuff is going to be taking place, and it's just going to be awesome. So if that's something you want to do, um, we still have a couple tickets available. You can head to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Get your tickets. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting live from Vegas, days one and day two, all 49ers-centric coverage. And if for some reason you can't make it out to Vegas, I get it. Um, you can just watch it on our channel. Again, we're going to have both Eli and Fred Warner on the podcast, which, man, imagine like a, a trade takes true. place. And Fred Warder is live on the podcast and getting his takes on it. Um, I, I just, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a really good time. I'm super excited. I wish I could be down there. I was just in Vegas this weekend, actually, for my girlfriend's birthday, and I could see how it's going to be so much fun. There's it, the NFL draft hype is building out there. Oh. But let's get into the Niners. The reason why everyone's tuning in, they want to know what's up with Debo Samuel. So let's start with you. You know, where do you stand with this Debo Samuel situation, John? 
I think a lot of this goes back to the agent, okay? There's a lot of issues taking place across the NFL right now, not just with Debo, but those non-first-round wide receivers, whether it was uh, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, all of them, it's time for them to get extended, and they've all outplayed their draft position. They're all represented by the same agent. And he is ruffling feathers across it. They all are doing the same thing and bickering and taking social media off and all those things. He's trying to get them all paid. Now, I have stayed, and I will stay this course. The 49ers should not trade Debo Samuel. They are in complete control of this whole entire thing. And they will extend him, but it will not be until training camp, just like it was for George Kittle and just like it was for Fred Warner. It seems like they tend to... And I don't know how you how you want to put this, but it seems like the kind of lowball guys to start. Like you know, Kittle, you know, felt like he was getting lowballed. He was getting frustrated. Fred, same way. They lowball guys, but at the end of the day, eventually they get them what they want. And what do you think of that kind of approach to you know signing these superstar players? I think that it's probably frustrating for the player, especially at first. And you see this wide receiver market. Thanks a lot, Trent Baalke, uh, for blowing this thing out of the water. <laughs> But the idea is this, the 49ers have 1,000% control of this entire contract negotiation because Debo's still on his rookie deal. He cannot hold out. That's a thing of the past, especially on rookie deals. He can't. He has no option but to play for the 49ers this year. And so the 49ers hold all of the power right now. Now, could Debo throw such a huge fit that he could work his way out of good favor with the 49ers and try to get something else? That is a possibility. But I don't think that's in the best interest of Debo or the 49ers. Um, so I get it. it. It's a rough bargain. The 49ers always try to go after team kind of first contracts. But for if you look at Fred Warner and you look at uh, Trent Williams or George Kittle, they all got top-tier money for their position. So it's just going to take a minute. They'll get there. We got plenty of time. No football is being played for several months. He's going to get paid. Well, we got 49ers girl. She's saying that uh, Debo's brother's trolling. And, you know, if he's trolling and just messing with Niner fans, good on him because Niner fans are gullible, man. Like, we'll freak yeah. out about everything. But, you know, what you're saying specifically, you know, he doesn't have any leverage. He still has a year left mm -hmm. on the contract with the 49ers. And I get you want to make the big money. Like, that's the most important thing is making the big money to support your family. And, you know, basically – have that career where you you don't have to worry about anything for the next five years. But what does he really gain from doing all this deleting Instagram and all this stuff, except kind of, it seems like from my perspective, as someone who just kind of sits on Twitter at his job all day, uh, that, <laughs> you know, fans are kind of turning on him. Yeah, that happens, unfortunately. And it shouldn't happen. Debo has done so much for this franchise. He was the offense. Uh, he was the most valuable player for our team last year, and it's not even close. He, he's earned money. And I want the one thing that I try to tell people like, my the reason why I started my podcast and this whole thing was I want people to enjoy it. I wanted to do that through education, right? Explain scheme, breaking down film, all that thing, like help people enjoy the games more. That, that's what I thought my niche was. But it's even more than that. If you want to enjoy the NFL, you should celebrate when players get paid. You really, really should. Um, you'll be a much happier person. And I understand the whole, oh, I work this hard all the time and I make this money. I, I'm a teacher. I taught for 15 years. I get it. Uh, he's going to get paid 1,500 John Chapman teacher contracts worth. I get that. <laughs> but 
don't make it about you. Make it about them. It's all a business at the end of the day. And, I mean, you could just look at how people are discarded and just tossed into the trash heap in the NFL. Um, so whenever somebody's done what Debo has done, he deserves to get paid. How much? That's a whole other thing, and it'll work itself out. He's leveraging, and he's using the fan base to do so. The, well, why not? He got us into the playoffs of the NFC Championship. Without him, we don't get there. I'll take that all day over a player that's just going to sign a team-friendly deal, but we don't get to the NFC Championship. I mean, that, you're absolutely right. Like That's the thing about last year is, is Debo Samuel came in and really just took took this football team all the way to the NFC championship game and just couldn't will pass, you know, what was a really good Rams team. But at the same time, I agree with you. He probably deserves the money. My question is, is when you think about the way Parag tends to lowball these guys, how much lowballing are we talking about for him to be this angry, to go tell Schefter this or have his brother go, you know, on Instagram posts and say stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what, again, that's what the 49ers do, and players do walk. They did trade DeForest Buckner, right, who they talked to their agent. He said, we wanted it in the 20s. They said, oh, we're not going to be able to do that. Find your own trade and let them get paid elsewhere. Do you do that with Debo? I don't think you do. Um, I, I think one of the things that people miss all the time, one of the reasons why DeForest Buckner was traded, I love DeForest Buckner, by far one of my favorite 49ers ever, uh, my favorite player in the NFL that's not on the 49ers currently, is he was subject in the run game. He, he was not that stout, and both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said, one of the things we wanted to do after that 2019 Super Bowl run was we want to get better against the run. What happened the very next year? They got stout against the run with defensive tackles, and Fred Warner had an all-pro year. Um, so, like, now you look at Debo, you ain't got to worry about any of those issues. Whether you want him as a strict receiver or you want to do that wide back stuff, he fits perfectly with what it is the 49ers want to do offensively. So, with DeForest Buckner, he was great penetrating tackle in the pass rush, but he was subject in the run game. And so, with Debo, you don't have that. And Debo is a captain. Debo leads the team out of the locker room. All this stuff will be forgotten once he signs in training camp. And we'll all move on. And it's just like one of those things we don't talk about anymore. And, you know, here's the one factor that I've kind of noticed is we've seen a lot of Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk working out this offseason. They're constantly together, constantly working out. We've seen, all seen the videos. What do you think that, you know, him doing all this, how does that, you know, does that hurt him with, you know, with Trey Lance? Because here we are, you know, optional workouts are about to start. And, no Debo, no Jimmy. That means Trey's the quarterback and Ayuk's wide receiver one. You know, what kind of impact do you think that could have, you know, for the next couple months? Yeah, I don't I don't put it on that. Debo's been very adamant for years, even before this year. He does not like working out in Los Angeles. Um, that's where Trey works out in Los Angeles because of the quarterback coaches that he works with. So I think it's much more of a location issue. We saw the picture of uh, Debo and Trey together just yesterday, like in San, uh, San Jose. So like, it's not like he's not going to work out with them and stuff. It's just, he's not going to go do all those training things in Los Angeles. So that that's where I would chalk that up to. And I get it, man. If, if you're a player with a family and all that kind of stuff, you want to stay away from certain areas. I get that. I totally understand. I totally get that. So, yeah, people will make it a thing. But whenever you look at the context, Debo has said before we even drafted Trey Lance, he does not like working out in Los Angeles. So, you know, you're thinking about these contracts. You're talking about, you know, 40, you know, John Chapman teacher salaries. What do you think <laughs> inevitably gets done? What kind of contract do you see Debo getting? You know, we've seen the, the Christian Kirk. We've seen 
Tyreek Hill. We've seen, you know, Devontae Adams. What kind of contract do you inevitably think that gets done? Like, what's the guarantee? Where are you, you know, where is your headspace at with that? I think the average per year, which is always what's like tweeted by Schefter and everybody else and everybody brags about, I think it comes out to about 22 and a half. Um, that's what the will look like. But I think once it's all said and done, there's going to be a lot of incentives on it and all that, those things probably comes out to around, you know, 20 to 19 per year uh, and what that will look like. But again, you can finesse so much. And this is another thing that people don't understand. Debo's last year, he's getting $3.9 million cash this year. That's it. So if Debo doesn't sign an extension, that's it. 3.9. That's all he's getting. If he signs a deal, we're talking $20 million a year. That's a $16 million a year raise that he gets this year. So it's, it behooves Debo to get an extension done as well. And again, that's why this is going to get done. It's mutually beneficial. Now, is he posturing and all that stuff and his brother? Sure. But if he says, nope, I'm not going to play, trade me. The 49ers can say, no, we're not going to trade you. We don't have to. And they just pay him $4 million for this year. That doesn't help Debo. <laughs> like, he's leaving $16 million on the table this year? I don't know about that. And Yeah, I mean, everyone has said he has no leverage. I mean, that's the thing we keep talking None. about a million times. There's no leverage there. You're only getting paid $4 million. Like, I mean, I, if I'm him, I'm going out there. I'm giving it my all next year. And, you know, if I don't get a contract and then see if I get a crazy contract in free agency, if the Niners let it go to that. I just don't think – knowing San Francisco and the way that they – you know, tend to have done this football team the last couple of years, they don't usually let it get to free agency. They, no. if they want a guy, they pay him and they make sure that he's in that uniform forever. And my thing is, John, Debo Samuel is the most important player on offense until we see what Trey Lance can do, yeah. you know, and, and, and helping this kid, I think is my number one thing. The kid needs help. And, I, you know, you were one of the first people to ever turn me on to the Trey Lance thing. I was a big Justin Fields guy. You know that. And so, you know, everything to help this kid be successful is what I want the 49ers to do. And if it takes giving, you know, Debo Samuel $25 million, you know, you're saying 22.5, but $25 million, then I'm cool with that. And I think that 49er fans should be cool with that, too. It's just the question now is, like, how long is it going to take? Is the relationship going to sour? Is yeah. the brother just going to be a jerk? Like, what's going on with this whole thing, you know? It's frustrating. And, like, again, let's provide some context. I saw a 49ers girl put this out there. Debo Samuel's brother, Taekwon, made a statement on Facebook comment saying, oh, we, we, wanted, we want to trade anyway or something along those lines. He then came out on Instagram literally 30 minutes later saying, y'all take and run with everything, which basically tells me this. Brother piped up too much. Somebody told him, you need to fix this. And then he went on and basically said, oh, man, we're not going anywhere. And we even saw on some other posts, I think it was C-Mac. Uh, I don't, I don't want to give somebody the wrong uh, credit, where he private messaged Debo's brother and said, no, nah, we're not going anywhere. Um, so, like, this is that. just yes. a bunch more hoopla, right? That, and, and that's – but where there's smoke, there's fire. Did Debo scrub all the 49 stuff off his Instagram? For sure. That needs to be talked about. What do you think of that? Like, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because when it first happened, I tweeted, I was like, I think this is kind of childish. Like, I get it. It's a leverage thing. But what do you think about this new trend? You know, because I think AJ Brown did it this weekend with the Tennessee Titans. And it's just Guess like, what? They have the same agent. They have the uh, same agent. So the agent's telling him to do what you think. I hate it, man. And, and you know, as a coach, 
you always knew the issues took place further away from the ball. So especially the offensive yeah. side, but usually your corners and your wide receivers, those were the ones that were usually giving you a hard time that were the me, me, me guys. And I hate that. It's like that. And yeah, it, it, is Debo's, I don't know, likeness taking a hit? Sadly, it will for some. But again, back to what I said earlier, rejoice and celebrate when people get paid. That is a good thing. Um, it's just right now we're in the middle of this. We don't know how it's going to end. We, we, you know what I mean? And so it, right now you just got to chill and look at what the 49ers have done with Kittle. Look what they've done with Warner. Training camp is when they want to get deals done. Now, the one thing I will say with Warner and Kittle, they both showed up to offseason workouts. During their contract things, they did. Depot, right. he is not. That's again. So if you want more smoke, it's there. It's just, I don't think it's fire. And you know, when you think about this, this, this whole situation, it's just interesting that the agents always seem to be the problem. And I don't want to. I don't want to switch to. I don't want to switch to Jimmy. But there is something we do need to talk about. And before, and before we get into like the real draft stuff, because. What do you think about this Jimmy Garoppolo situation? What is your I haven't talked to you in uh since the end of the season, right after that Rams game. And so, you know, while we have you on here, I just want to know what do you think of this whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation and and you know the fact that this man's probably not throwing the football again until June or July, and yeah. he's just doing subway commercials every day on your TV and hanging out at Hooters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I'll say this: I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I appreciate what he's done for this franchise. I remember Blaine Gabbert. I, I remember uh, Hoyer and all that stuff, and I'm very thankful for what Jimmy has done as a teammate. The wins, all those things. Whether you want to say, well, those aren't Jimmy's response, you know, he, that wasn't because of Jimmy or not. I don't care. Um, he has been awesome. Up until, and you know, I've gotten a lot of flack, and you know, people get upset at me about this, and that's okay. It's my opinion. We're allowed to disagree, and that's okay. I wish that's one thing people would continue to work on. Discourse is good. I personally, this is my personal thing, my own belief, the timing of the surgery, that was a little bit of a, uh, exactly. a that that was a, that was rough. A month after the season. And that's fine. People want to say, oh, well, you know, he wanted to heal and all those things. It was like one or two days right before legal tampering while the 49ers were in negotiations. And Kyle even said they didn't even know about the surgery. So uh, I'll say that, like, Jimmy has been the best to the 49ers franchise. But he cried and said goodbye to the faithful right after that Rams game. And I think he meant it. He wants out. I think he wanted to be released. Uh, it didn't come through so he could pick his team. And I think it kind of backfired on him and his agent. And it hurt the 49ers, too. Now we got to see, but almost all the starting jobs are gone. It basically you got the Carolina Panthers who draft six. Um, and you know, that's what I'm watching in the first round. I'm hoping Carolina Panthers don't take a quarterback in the first round. Best case for Jimmy, best case for us. But yeah, that was that was a rough one. Not that he had surgery. That's not what I'm saying. And but I am saying the timing of the surgery, little rough, little rough. And you know, you're thinking about this Jimmy situation. There's so many different ways you can really talk about it, right? Like there's mm -hmm. You know, where's not only where's Jimmy going to play, but if he's here, you know, as a as someone who's who I know is one of the bigger Trey Lance supporters on Twitter, you know, on with and generally as a Niner content creator, you know, where do you think this happened? Like, how does this affect Trey Lance? Like, what is, you know, having this guy in the locker room who, you know, the thing is Jimmy wins, right? Like, that's the thing we see. That's the pe thing people talk about when they defend him. And so, when we aren't winning to start the season because Trey Lance, you know, maybe a little sluggish. He's, you know, technically a rookie coming out. I don't think he will be, but I'm just saying in this, in, in this scenario, he's sluggish. Jimmy Garoppolo's the backup still there. 
you know, comes through training camp as the backup. You know, what is this? where does this put the 49ers? Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get a pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think Trey's fine. I, I'm not too worried about Trey's development or attitude. Or Trey has proven to this team already that he's a good dude and not a toxic whatever. And he's proven that he could step in and deliver whenever it needs to be. He threw the first touchdown of the season last year. People forget that. He threw the first one in the he first did. game. Also, he won against the Texans, which you can say, oh, it's the Texans. Uh, that Texans team destroyed uh, Justin Herbert the week before, mind you. And that was a must-win game for the 49ers, so they don't make the playoffs at all. So, And they've seen what Trey Lance's work ethic is like. You remember back whenever it was during minicamp and OTAs, Trey Lance logged more time into the playbook digitally than any other team team uh, person on the roster so the kid has it the draft capital is there which tells every player they traded three first rounds to get up and get this guy like he is the leader i know he's young but it doesn't matter to me whether jimmy's there or not i'm going to be really honest with you it's not like they're going to be arguing like what what did trey lance say about jimmy garoppolo oh he's like one of my best friends for life right like i i am I'm, i am not buying the toxic thing i've been in as a player and as a coach involved in locker rooms with quarterback controversies, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, some people might speak out of turn, but these are professionals. I ain't even worried about it at all. See, that's the way to be. See, I wish you were more like Niners. Niners was more like you, you know? <laughs> we're not I, sitting it, here arguing every day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I don't, I, it's not a bad – Jimmy's not going to be a bad locker room guy. I, I just don't think that's what it's going to be, even if he is there. I don't think it's going to affect Lance. It's good to hear. I mean, I hope I hope you're right. I absolutely do because I want to see Trey Lance light up because, like you said, I was at that Texans game, and while the first half was a little weird, that second half I saw stuff I hadn't seen from a 49ers quarterback since I was a kid. That I pass mean, to Debo, man. We oh need that God. longer. Like, we we deserve to see Lance to Debo. Like, don't take that from us, man. Come on, football gods. Like, allow us. We've waited Let's see the deep ball, man. We it's a Debo. Let's see it. Let's see it. Okay. I know we just said good things about Debo, but we have to we do have to do this because we have you on. All if right. If you were going to have to trade Debo Samuel, 
What would you want for Debo Samuel? And then obviously we'll get into who you replace him with in the draft. We have a lot, we have tons of time to talk draft, but if we were going to move Debo, what would you want for him? Okay, so the Jets were in on the Tyreek trade, right? Um, mm-hmm. To the Chiefs, eventually Tyreek went to Miami. But it's been put out publicly what they offered. The Jets offered the Chiefs number 35, number 38, and number 69 in the draft this year. So two high second rounders and a third. I think it would take more than that to get Debo. I, I'm not even coming to the table if that's the case, I'll just have Debo play out the last year, franchise him, and then trade him that time. That's what I would do. Uh, if I was being a GM and Debo's throwing a hissy fit, which I'm not saying he is, but that's how uh, pissed off dad John Chapman would handle it. Fine, play out your rookie deal. Enjoy your $4 million. Uh, you just left $18 million on the table. Hope you're happy. Yeah. Like That would be my mindset. So it, what, it would take way more than that. I, I think a reasonable offer is the Jets because, again, we know they need a wide receiver. McFloor and... Um, Goodness, defensive uh, Salah, uh, they both have been around Debo. I'm assuming they would want him. I think they would offer – the offer that like would have me answering the phone and saying, okay, let me talk to my guys. If they offered pick number 10, the number 10 overall pick, and pick number 38, so a high first and a high second, that is where the conversation would need to be had. Would I do it? Still no. I would not do it, but the conversation would be had. What could we get here at these positions? Does this help us long-term, short-term? What do we want to do here? Because, again, that is a conversation because you're getting a premium player back, a top-10 pick. Now, having said that, I don't think the Jets would even offer that. If they only offered 35 and 38 and 69 for Tyreek, why would they offer the 10th overall and the 38th overall for Debo? I do think Debo's more valuable. He's younger, um, fits the system. He's been in the system. I think all those things are great. but. I don't think either side would say yes to that, but that would start. That would be the conversation starter. Number ten, number thirty-eight for Debo. That's that's a conversation starter. Okay, so say, and we're gonna get to more draft stuff, but this is where I want to go with this, and we're just gonna do scenarios for a little bit, and then we'll get into some of your draft crushes because I know you're a big draft guy uh, on Twitter. Lots of guys you like, uh, lots of interesting, you know, picks. I think you've been posting on your YouTube channel, you know. Posting the pick that they have, which is the first pick they have is 61, and and saying who you would take there. And so there's obviously a lot of guys you've looked at. But say Debo gets traded this offseason, who would you want to replace Debo Sam? I know a lot of people like Sky Moore. I know Christian Watson has been talked about. I'm a pretty big Christian Watson guy because I believe that, you know, that Jamar Chase thing, I, I, I think it's not talked about enough because mm-hmm. obviously Jamar Chase is a freak. I get it. Like yeah. there's not, not yeah. a lot of dudes like Jamar Chase. But when you when a quarterback has that kind of, you know, I played with this guy since I was a young kid. Granted, you know, Trey only played with him for a year, and you know he had a red shirt year at North Dakota State. But still, I think that that kind of rapport would be cool. Who would you want specifically to replace Debo Samuel if there was a trade, you know, made? There's no Debo in this draft. I don't think there's another Debo in the league. Um, there are some Debo light guys, whatever else. One of my favorite players is Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. He's not Debo. He's way bigger. Um, Not near as fast, but like he has a lot of the things that as a Kyle Shanahan, if I'm trying to look through Kyle Shanahan's eyes and say, okay, Kyle Shanahan, pick your desired weapon. He's picking Traylon Burks every single day of the week. Now, um, how do you get Traylon Burks? You got to get in the top 20, and then maybe you might get him. 
because uh, I love me some Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. That would be the ideal fit uh, for me. If I if if I knew Debo was gone and I could have any wide receiver in this class, I'd take Traylon Burks. And it's funny, I was going to talk about this later, but Niners girl with these with these great comments today. She's on top of it, man. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah. So Alex Mack, you know, recently said he's not coming. He doesn't know if he's coming back, all this stuff. We have no idea what's going on there. We're talking about the draft anyway. You know, how do you feel about Alex Mack? Are you just immediately thinking their first pick should be a replacement for Alex Mack? Or, you know, if someone's uncertain now, you know, we're, what, two, three months away from, like, training camp <laughs> and stuff? Like, it's getting closer, and this man's yeah. still uncertain. Do you think that first pick should be a center? Man, I even if Alex Max comes back, I wouldn't mind taking a center slash guard hybrid player at pick 61. I value the interior offensive line so much more than other people do. Um, and again, back to what you said, you want to make sure Trey's taken care of. Yes. So protect him. He's already lost a stud left guard. You're hoping Aaron Banks steps in. But yeah, if Alex Max gone, who's going to be the center? I think they'd slide Brunskill over. But then who's going to be right guard? I mean, you just how far can you kick the can down the road? I would much rather put in a stud center, somebody like Dylan Parham out of Memphis. I really, really like him. I know a 49ers fan favorite that, that is out there. Um, if you're just looking at the center prospect out of Nebraska, who the 49ers have met with, Cam Jurgens. Those are two guys in that second round that I think would be awesome draft picks. Um, but again, I don't know if Alex Mack's coming back, and I don't even care if he is. It's one year tops. Do the 49ers continue this red shirt philosophy, right, uh, with the offensive line where you draft somebody, you sit them, and then they step in? We'll see. We'll see. It's super interesting you mentioned. You, John, you're on top of it today. I, I can't get over it. So you're mentioning the red shirt philosophy the 49ers are doing, and it's super interesting that, you know, we've never really seen Aaron Banks play, right? Like, we're, he's Not basically being all. put out there on a hope and a prayer. And so what do you think about this fact that, you know, we're going from Lincoln Tomlinson, who I think 49 fans don't understand. Like he was traded for like a six round pick before a Brian Hoyer game. One of the best they trades had, ever. Right. And so while it's, it's, you know, amazing how long he played and how good he was, how do you replace that kind of talent? And, you know, are you worried about Aaron Banks? I mean, are you, what are you thinking with this offensive line going into a draft where, they have a lot of picks, and they could redshirt tons of offensive line or tons of positions in general. I, I'm worried about Aaron Banks, and I think everybody probably should be. But Kyle Shanahan, based on what he said at the owners' meeting in South Florida, he said, you know, yeah, we, we fully expect Aaron Banks to start. We thought he could have started last year. He struggled at the right side. There's no doubt about that. But this is a guy who's played left side his entire life. That's where they're going to plug him in at the left guard where he feels comfortable but yeah, is he going to be Lake and Tomlinson good? He is not. Spoiler alert. Could he be as good? That'd be great. But I'm going to bet the under <laughs> on that one. And that's problematic. And now you're going to talk about maybe replacing the center as well? Whew. Man, that, that's that's spicy in the middle. That's spicy. I don't like it. I don't like it. So say Alex Matt comes back for a year. Aaron Banks is on one guard. Who's the other guard? Is it Daniel Brunskill with that, that one-year they just signed. Yeah, Kyle then? Shanahan, Daniel Brunskill. I, I mean, like, I don't know, man. There's something going on there because <laughs> Shanahan loves that guy so much. And he's a stud. In a perfect world, Daniel Brunskill would be the best number six offensive lineman in the NFL, where he just backs up all five spots. Like, that yeah. is ideal. But um, is there anybody that could beat him out at that right guard spot? I don't think it's on the roster right now. In fact, I, I just 
if if Aaron Banks couldn't do it, and now Aaron Banks is almost guaranteed a left guard spot. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to get somebody else, but you know, Colton McKivitz is there. Uh, Jalen Moore would be that an ideal world, right? He played guard um, in college, right? He Jaylen Moore. Well, he played left tackle um, uh-huh. up in Michigan, uh, not at the University of Michigan. He was at one of the directional schools. I think it was Western Michigan um, or Central Michigan. I mean, I, I, I don't remember which one is off the top of my head. One of the directional schools. Yeah, one of the directional <laughs> schools. Uh, and so he played left tackle almost exclusively. But when they drafted him, both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said, long term, we see him at guard. Well, he played the one left tackle game for Trent Williams early, but then he got beat out by Colton McKivitz, who got the late uh, – Trent Williams start on the left side. So uh, where they're going to put him. Oh, goodness. Yeah, one of my biggest critique, probably my biggest critique of this 49ers front office and coaching staff is they put players in bad positions and play them out of yeah. position. And I hate that. Uh, and they started doing that at the start with Tarverius Moore. Remember his first two years were at corner. They did it with Solomon Thomas where they're playing them uh, at the edge and then the inside and all of it. Like, I hate that. I hate how they do that. Uh, again, I love this coaching staff. I love this team. I love this front office. But that doesn't mean uh, they're without criticism from my perspective. Absolutely. So, you know, we've got about a half hour left. We brought you on here to talk draft. Let's yeah, be let's honest. Do, let's do we it, we brought you on here to talk draft. So, Niners are sitting with nine picks. I just want to hear, you know, some of your mm. your expert. I'm not as big a draft guy as you are. You know, Jamal Armstrong, who's been my co-host a couple times now on this show, he's a big draft guy. But honestly, I don't I don't know a lot of guys on Twitter who are more in tune with the draft than you. So let's. <laughs> it's talk a problem. About... <laughs> it's not a good thing. <laughs> Obviously, we don't know if they're gonna pick 61. We they might trade up. They might trade down. Who are some of just your dream guys, and then why and you know, are you going best player available? Or are you going for filling spots? I mean, there is a safety hole on this team now. Yeah, I'll say this. The And I'll put a question out there on Twitter. I like polls because I want to see where the fan base is. So I'll say, yeah. hey, the 49ers on the clock at 93. This player and this player are there. Who would you take? Because I'm trying to get to see where they think. The first okay. five comments every single time, they're not even words. People just put BPA enter. And I'm just like, oh, my God. What, like... <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does this do? Like, who's this help? You're not helping the conversation. And BPA stands for best player available. And in yeah. a perfect world, that's great. Guess what? The 49ers don't draft best player available in days one or day two. They have not since Kyle Shanahan has showed up. They draft needs specifically. You remember whenever we uh, went to the Super Bowl, what happened? We traded to Forrest Buckner. Who was our first pick? Javon Kinlaw. We lost Emmanuel Sanders. Who was our next pick? Brandon Ayuk. Like, we went after every single position that was a hole, we addressed it. That That's what they did with their first, you know, several picks. They've done that every year. Um, and I think they're going to continue doing that. Now, what they do in the free agency is they try to plug all those holes so that they can go as close to best player available, where there's a want pick, not a need pick, but almost all the time, that's what they do. So having said that, they're not drafting a quarterback in the second round, right? I don't care if... Malik Willis falls to pick 61, <laughs> and he's your BPA. The 49ers aren't drafting him. Look what happened to the Packers when they did that crap, right? Like, oh, my God. They drafted a backup quarterback, a fullback, and a halfback with their first yeah. three picks because they went best player available. Awesome. Congratulations. You played yourself. 49ers aren't doing that. Um, so what should they do, and where are some guys that they should target? You brought up safety. I love this safety class. I have two, four, I have six 
third round safeties graded. And that's where I want them to go. Everybody wants to talk about Jaquan Brisker, who's incredible. I love that dude. I don't think he's going to be there at 61 out of Penn State. He's fun. Uh, Daxton yeah. Hill out of Michigan, I love too. Don't think he's going to be there at 61. Lewis Sign out of Georgia, don't think he's going to be there at 61. Um, so, like, those are my second-round safeties. Whenever I get into the third round, there's a bunch of guys I like. Brian Cook, crazy speed. Uh, Cincinnati. You look at Nick Cross out of Maryland, insane Nick speed, Cross, who the yeah. 49ers have met with. Those are guys that I think you could get in the third, fourth, fifth round because this is such a deep day three safety class. The 49ers have met with Leon O'Neill so many times. I've got a six round grade on him because he's got some missed tackles and whatever, but he's also got instincts out the wazoo and is a great special teamer. So the safety position's fun. Uh, I love it in this draft, and I think it's one of those things you can wait on because, man, there's just so many high-end speed guys that are 4-4 speed or better that we're not used to seeing um, day three in the draft at the safety position. You can wait. You can wait a while at the safety position. That's one of the reasons why. Like, I, I teach economics, right? Uh, supply and demand and scarcity. The safety position is not scarce in the draft. You can wait. Yeah, if you can get a stud, if, if Brisker falls or Dax Hill falls, great. Yeah, 61, I would do that in a heartbeat. But I'm not reaching on a safety in this class. So, you know, you're not reaching on a safety. You know, it seems like some 49er fans seem to be against wide receiver at 61. I mean, I'm not. I want to be. Shanahan. <laughs> my thing is, and, and you can tell me what you think of this. This is my theory. I want to be the most nasty offense that any team has to come into Levi's and play this offense like the Peyton Manning Broncos that, sh that broke all those records where you yeah. just cannot hold this team to less than 30 points. It's impossible because my thing is, well, I believe the defense is really good and I love Nick Bosa and I really, really, really want to love Javon Kinlan. I want him to be great. Defense doesn't stay the same from year to year. It changes. It's constantly, you know, fluctuating whether they're good or not and and i think that this team will always have a decent defense but i want to have just the nastiest offense possible so when i'm thinking about 61 i'm going offense all the way but i'd love to know what you think i'm not against it again because my premise right now is if trey lance is successful the last two years of drafting is a success i don't i don't care if your defensive players hit if trey lance is not a success last year's entire draft was a failure so I want to, I believe in the goldfish theory, right? You surround him uh, with all this talent and he can grow into the talent that is around him. He's 21 years old. Even after this draft, Trey Lance is going to be the second youngest quarterback in the NFL. That's how young he is. So allow this kid who's 21 years old to have talent around him. I love wide receivers. Kyle's drafted so many freaking wide receivers and we still, we have our starters, right? <laughs> Um, you know, with IU Debo, God willing, and and Juwan Jennings. But man, after that, I'm not really sold on the guys they brought in. It's it's a yeah. bunch of role players, special teamers with upside, but no, 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 no. This draft is built for wide receivers in the second and third round, and the 49ers have three picks in that range. You're gonna be able to get a stud wide receiver at some point there for sure, for sure. So we're talking about, you know, maybe not trading up. So staying where they are, I think that Christian Watson's probably off the table if they're staying where they are. He probably yeah. goes to Kansas City or, God forbid, the Green Bay freaking Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I do not want to see that guy with Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, that may be how it goes. And you're thinking about, you know, 61, wide receiver. Who are you going with? I know you really love Sky Moore. I had him specifically as a pitcher on this on this podcast picture. But, like, 
you know, who are some of the other guys that you also like? Yeah, it's it, so just to kind of put it context to Christian Moore and I'm sorry, Christian, Christian Watson, Watson and Sky Moore, Sky Moore. I, on my 200 player big board. Okay, so I, I graded out 200 players, wrote out 20, 200 player profiles, all the things. Sky Moore is 33rd and Christian Watson's 34th. So that's where like when people are like, oh, well, yeah. if they fall to 61, it's possible. It's possible. But that's how highly I have those players rated on my big board. That's why I don't think they'll be there now. If we look into the wide receivers that have a realistic option and partner with who I love, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. I absolutely love Alex Pierce out of Cincinnati. Whenever you look at his game, he's huge. He's fast. He runs nasty routes. He, he literally does everything that you want from that wide receiver position. And I, I just think that he has an opportunity to be a stud. And my player comp for him is Christian Watson light. Like he has all of those metrics, but he doesn't have the flash and he doesn't have the Trey relationship. So like that's, that's probably the one that I would go again. If you're looking for these big, strong George Pickens out of Georgia is a fun one. I think you could probably wait even later into day three for him just because of all the injuries that he's had. But like you look at the George Pickens, his athletic comp, like I do two comps for every player comparable. I do an athletic comp and a play style comp. And so George Pickens, his athletic comp is CD lamb, his play style comp. It's what Corey Davis should have been. So again, another big six, three, one ninety five, four, four wide receiver. That could kind of do everything, but he's got an injury history. So that's going to put some people off. I totally understand that. And I, I don't mind. Like, there's a reason why he's going to go day three. He should have been a first-round pick. And we know how the 49ers like to get injured players. Although they haven't done it as much since, They did not know, last year. Balky left. And so, yeah. but maybe they, you know, they could. I think that they're really good. You know, you mentioned you know, the whole best player available thing. I think they're really good about that. And, you know, rounds five through seven, I think that's why they've seen so much success there as well. So um, my other big need, I think for this team, or, you know, if we're talking about, you know, guys that they should be going after at 61, I love edge rusher. I love Ooh. having just the nastiest pass rush possible. You know, those are that I obviously offense is really fun. But when you have Nick Bosa, anything's possible any any given year. <laughs> Even if I do believe that defense changes from year to year, anything's possible, right? And so talking about edge rushers at 61, if that was where they were going, where would you go with edge rusher? Who are some of your guys that you really like? Everything that I want to do is recreate that eight-game stretch where we saw Bosa and D4 together. Yes. That's like That just helps me sleep at night. It, actually, it doesn't because I get so excited that I can't sleep. That's what I want. Restless nights. Come on, man. Give me that speed plus Bosa <laughs> off the edge. Now, Arnold Epicady out of Pitt State. Again, yeah, like I get the pairing. I get how everybody wants it to happen. I want it to happen too. He's the 26th player on my board, and he's going in the first round. So uh, wave bye-bye to that one. It's not happening. I love it. It's not going to happen. Um, if you want to get a little bit more realistic, Boy and Mafe is kind of that same type of player out of Minnesota. Ran a four five three forty explosive first step, raw, amazing athlete. But again, you're talking about him. He's 30th on my big board. Does he have a chance to fall? Maybe to 61? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I really, really don't. So if you're being realistic, 
you're talking about players like Majai Sanders out of Cincinnati. Again, Cincinnati's got so many guys. They're kind of like the poor man's Alabama this year where they just have so many good athletes that they developed long time and they're starting to pay dividends. But if you want that speed guy, I think you got Nick Benito out of Oklahoma. He'll be there. Um, and Majai Sanders, he's there. Outside of that, Dominique Robinson out of Miami of Ohio. He's probably a little bit later, day three, um, probably fourth round. That's where he'll be just because of the he, – he flashes, but it's, it's not there completely. So there are guys that fit that mold that you can get in this draft. Wide receiver and edge is pretty deep. But, man, if you want Epicady or if you want Poye Mafe, you're going to have to move around. You're going to have to move up. Um, and I'm not sure they'll do that for Edge, especially if they just signed Kamiko uh, Ture, which I think will not change the 49ers draft plans, but might make them a little bit more hesitant into jumping up. Um, I don't think they're going to move up for an Edge. But if they did, I wouldn't be upset if they got one of those guys. I mean, they've done a great job of, you know, while Arden Key left and, and you know, they went out and got Kerry Hyder, who, you know, obviously I've watched a lot of Seahawks football because I worked in Seattle for four years. And it was funny that I knew how bad their pass rush was going into last season. And I was like, Kerry Hyder's not going to do anything with the Seahawks and he does nothing with the Seahawks. He'll probably come back to San Francisco and get like five sacks and it'll be hilarious to go laugh at Seattle about. But, you know, those are still <laughs> smaller guys. You know, they need a guy. I totally agree with you a guy to, to to really develop and become D4 because, you know, it looks like in July they're probably just going to cut him um, or because they're just going to keep him on. Like, there's just no point there. And so having someone to replace him and be that primary starting guy, especially if Kinlaw becomes the guy we all want him to be, yeah. I agree with you. I think that that's a, the, the, my biggest things really are wide receiver and edge rusher at 61. But, you know, keeping on the draft, what are some of your biggest crushes just in general, guys you really like? Guys you think could help San Francisco in, in any way possible or replace players that you're not as fond of that are currently on the roster? Yeah, this this player goes against kind of what Kyle Shanahan's done. Well, maybe not after last year, trading up in the third round. Uh, running back James Cook out of Georgia. I a lot about him, yeah. I adore this dude. I cannot stop watching him play. Um, he Dalvin Cook's little brother, but he doesn't play like Dalvin. He looks like Dalvin. They look very similar. Their body build's similar but they're completely different play styles. James Cook reminds me of early Alvin Kamara, and I think he'll go in that same range, where he will be the one of the best, if not the best, pass-catching running back year one. Uh, the dude splits out. He runs fades from empty sets and catches them against Alabama corners. Like The dude can do it all. Uh, Nick Saban said he talked about how he, he hates playing against them because he just had so much success against Alabama. Like, I love James Cook. Will the 49ers go running back early? I don't think so. But I'm telling you right now, if they did, it would not be a bad pick because he would add a whole new element to the 49ers offense that would, again, make Trey Lance comfortable. So that's one that stands out to me a lot. If we're still – go back to wide receiver, late day three option, Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. Again, another huge guy, 6'2", 42840, crazy speed guy. If people want to knock him on his blocking because of his frame, do not watch film. That, that is a boring analysis that uh, they did not watch film because he is a he's feisty little guy. Now, if you watch his film as a sophomore or junior, you can say that he excelled his game. 
Uh, I'm a Big 12 guy. I I hate Baylor, but uh, I like his game. I like what he's brought to. I'm a Longhorn. That's right. Hook him. Uh, so is my dad. Terrible. That's funny. Oh, <laughs> see, there we go. Good people, man. Good people. Tight end. I don't think we'll go tight end, but Jelani Woods out of Virginia. That guy is fun. Imagine pairing him with Kittle. Holy cow. That'd be a lot of fun. Very shifty, fun tight end that can do a lot in the passing game. Now, if we're looking offensive tackle, which – Part of me says, ah, we should maybe think about uh, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. He is a project high ceiling player that you could sit for one year. Going back to project redshirt with the 49ers. Uh, let McGlinchey play out the fifth year of his deal. And Tyler Smith has an incredible ceiling. Let him sit and develop. I think that could be a pretty good play there. Um, but again, do you want to spin that pick and sit him? I don't know. I don't know if that's the answer, but I really like that kid. Tyler Smith out of Tulsa is a fun one to watch. Perfect fit for a zone scheme. It's interesting. You know, we, we haven't talked about McGlinchey, and I guess, I guess I should talk about it before we got to the draft stuff. But, you know, McGlinchey, there, that picture came out of him. You know, he didn't really look like he was in football shape. And then maybe two days later, that video came out of him running on the field. What do you? What are your thoughts on McGlinchey? You know, we're going into the draft with nine picks. They could go find his, you know, replacement – his replacement might even still be be on the roster with Jalen Moore or, you know, what are your thoughts on the tackle situation? That's not Trent Williams. One, that picture that was recirculated was from two years ago, uh, which I thought was funny. Um, oh my God. So See, I hate Niners Twitter. One. It's the yeah, worst. It this bad. is the worst sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's weighing 310. He's working out. My issue isn't his weight. It's the injury itself. That was a quad tear. Like it's a bad injury. It did happen early. Um, but that's my big concern. I like that he's out running and stuff. Um, what we'll have to see how that develops. The 49ers want him to be the long-term answer. I'm kind of middle ground on McGlinchey. I think that he is an excellent, above average, almost elite run blocking tackle. But man, we all we all know those two to three plays a game where he just, you know, it makes a highlight reel for the defense. So I like McGlinchey. It's a contract year. He's got to play into his contract, and if he does, we'll see what happens. But, man, are they going to be able to pay Debo and Bosa and McGlinchey? That's a lot of money to put out there. Um, not saying they can't do it. Just saying it's going to be difficult. So you got to have a backup option. And right now, Justin School, Colton McKivitz, those are your backup tackles. If McGlin Tom Compton, which is it's sad to say, we can't rely on good old faithful Tom Compton anymore. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I just said that. That hurts. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't off. It's wild. He wasn't awful last year, and I still don't understand how. Not. I've watched the film, and I still do not understand how he wasn't awful. He was not. Uh, and I'll say this, and again, this is kind of, I think, a bad thing for the McGlinchey like fanboys and whatnot. The fact that a replacement level back end of his career, thirty plus year old guard, stepped in at tackle and played basically on par with what McGlinchey was doing. I think that's a critique, not a positive. Um, I, I don't know. That's the way I see it. I like McGlinchey, but at the same time, like I, I totally get what you're saying with getting cheaper. And I think that it's cool that they have as many picks as they do in this draft because I think there's a lot of opportunity to redshirt and fill spots and get cheaper so that you can eventually. Because let's be honest here, John. You know, we've got about 10 minutes left or so. If Trey Lance is the guy, I don't think it matters. I don't yeah. think any of it matters because when you have an elite quarterback, anything's possible. Yep. You know, and I will say the Bengals, 
go to the Super Bowl for Christ's yeah. sake. Like who thought that was gonna happen? Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean no, and they had no O line. Now, one offensive line deep guy, I have a six round grade on Florida offensive tackle Gene Delance. Again, another huge project player. 49ers have had an official visit with him, pre-draft visit. So that's another player. If you're gonna wait, again, sticking with that kind of round five, round six gems that they found. Gene Delance out of Florida offensive tackle. I think he fits exactly what we want to do. He will need to sit. He will have to sit. Uh, converted basically tight end, almost wide receiver into a tackle, but he's got that athleticism and size. Uh, he's a fun watch too. And I feel like we've talked almost about every position, but there's a couple more. I had a question for you about, you know, corner. It looks like it's probably going to be Emmanuel Mosley and the newly signed Traverius Ward. But then when you look at nickel, it's Lenore. And so, and I like Lenore. I think he's fine, but we didn't really see a whole lot from him. He got burned in that yeah. Eagle game. And then we never saw him again. What do you think about the, the nickel situation on this team? And, and and what is is there any solutions in the draft they could find in the later rounds or even, you know, at 61? There are. Um, and I see the nickel corner as one of the most valuable. Like, I treat it as a starter spot. They play 72% of the snaps. Nickels play more than Nick Bosa. Nickels play more than Eric Garb said. Nickels play more than, you know, so many different positions. And so, like, I hate that it doesn't get the value that it needs. Look how many slot fades we got burned by throughout the season, right? Like, get somebody that can stop that. My favorite nickel, maybe in the past three drafts combined, is Kyler Gordon out of Washington. I freaking love that dude. I have a first-round grade on him, and he's a slot corner just because I think he's that big of a difference maker. I love that dude. Um, I, 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 I love that dude. He might be my favorite player in this draft. But I don't think the 49ers have a shot at getting him. Uh, but if you bounce down, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor or Marcus Jones out of Houston or Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska, I think he's probably the most logical landing spot because he'll be there in the third round. Um, but those are all guys in that second to third round that you could target. And again, if you're just looking at upgrading your starter 22 or 24, if you're including fullback and, you know, number three wide receiver and slot corner, whatever else. Um, that's a position that you can make instant improvement on. Again, look at our wide receivers that we play against in our division that yeah. play slot. Cooper Cup, he roasted us three games in a row. He roasted everybody. You got Tyler <laughs> Lockett. We've struggled with him. We've got now Rondell Moore in Arizona. They're like, you have to win your division first. And Hopkins so, too. You can't forget about that. Yeah, Hopkins plays some in the slot. Uh, and so, like, oh, you're talking about the slot. I'm sorry. My bad. But no, he moves in there too. And so, like, you need somebody to combat that. Win your division first. And, yeah, it, you know, I love K1 Williams. He's awesome. I'm glad he got paid. But, man, his play has been dissipating from back-to-back -back years. I agree. Um, yes. Not in the run game, but in the coverage game it has. So get you somebody that can cover and be back there. Now, if you're going to wait and you get down in kind of these later levels, there's guys that are there, but you're almost grabbing somebody like a Chase Lucas out of Arizona State that's an outside corner that can play. It's almost like a, a Demo, a Demodor Lenore clone that, all right, we already got a guy that could do that. So you either upgrade it early or I think you stay away from it and just get an outside corner that maybe develops inside. I don't know. It's a rough one. But, yeah, there's some targets there that I really like. I mean, how do you feel about Lenore? You know, we're st with this conversation. What do you think? He was awesome during training camp. He was awesome during the preseason. And then as soon as the season happened, it got bad. And then it, it was gone. Now, some people will say, oh, I see you, Cody. He says, they don't need a nickel. <laughs> um, I put it up there for you. <laughs> and so, okay, if that's the case, let's just say hypothetically, 
you're going to kick Mosley into nickel, and you're going to bring in, um, you know, our corner that we got in the third round last year and put him Embry outside. Thomas. Of, Embry Thomas, yeah. uh, opposite Ward. That's great. Then you have one entry. Guess what? Now you don't have an outside corner. Now you're back to number 27 out there. I don't want to give him snaps at outside corner. And so if that's the case, if we don't need a nickel corner, we need outside corner depth. You need a corner. I'm tired of these Dre Kirkpatrick, Josh Norman. <laughs> I don't want that on the outside. And again, yeah. uh, Devontae Johnson in the slot, I'm okay with, but not against Cooper Cup, obviously. I mean, if it, I'm tired of these old players that shouldn't be playing in the NFL getting starter-level snaps with the 49ers because we have one or two injuries. You're going to have an injured corner at some point this year. So get some depth so that you don't have to basically bleed your defense dry and just watch all those pass interference and lose games just because two injuries in the secondary. I don't want to see that. Hey, John, you can't talk smack on Dante Johnson. He's basically a gold jacketer on this team at this he, point. He's, he's the longest-tenured Niner, isn't he? Him and uh, yeah, he is. most games, yeah. I think he might be one of the longest on the team, but yeah. Um, Cody actually has – he's come back at you. He said, get a safety Bring at the it. top of a second. Uh, you move Traverius Ward inside, put Jimmy in the slot, and put Thomas outside. They're very versatile in the nickel packages. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of movement. Um, <laughs> I, I think some movement, movement would be good, and I'm not opposed to putting Jimmy in the slot. I would be fine with that. Um, but I think Ward's going to stay outside no matter what. Yeah, he could play inside, and he even said whenever the, uh, the first press conference, I'll play wherever they put me. I, I would say Ambry Thomas is stuck outside. He's not an inside corner. And I would say Emmanuel Mosley, when his first year with the 49ers, he did play inside. So that's somebody who has done it. I, outside's more valuable. So that I would keep Ward and Thomas outside. I'd move Emmanuel Mosley inside. That would be if I was coaching. But even then, depth. Depth is a key. So you you still need somebody. Even if you believe in Demo, that's only four. That's not enough. You need at least five quality corners you can trust. We don't have that right now. I'm, I, I'm tired of just it, it being DEFCON, you know, five every single time someone gets hurt on this team. Remember like, how you felt when Verrett <laughs> went down both times. Remember it was that. Awful. It was awful. And so, you know, before we go, John, um, I just want to ask you, is there any other guys that the 49er fans should have on their radars? You know, you're the draft guy. You know more about the draft. You're helping these, you're helping Niner fans out, be a little bit more educated about the draft. Is there any other guys that they should be thinking about? Yeah, let's let's go with uh, let, let's get fun here. Let's go real deep. Don't do. I'm punter, looking please. around right now. Just don't do punter. Oh, I ain't doing I ask. no. Hell, <laughs> hell no. I'm not doing a punter. I don't even believe in that. Uh, we <laughs> talked about Baylor way too much. I don't even like that. I don't even like that. Um, let's go. Yeah, let's stick with North Dakota State. Okay, Trey Lance. Why not? Cordell Volston, who I don't think even gets drafted. I have him as like a priority free agent, interior offensive line mm -hmm. who, uh, guard. I think that's a fun prospect that I really, really like. Spencer Burford, UTSA, uh, the fighting roadrunners. He's another guy that is kind of a, a guard slash tackle uh, hybrid. Again, these are, you know, six, seventh round prospects that I think are great 49ers fits that I would love to be able to see. Uh, and so, like, there's so, this is such a fun draft. Channing Tindall out of Georgia, he's fun if you go to the linebacker position. I think the 49ers will get a linebacker. Uh, he's somebody that's been through it a lot, but he's somebody that you're going to get in the sixth. 
um, who's got some injury issues and things like that. But again, six round draft pick with high upside that can sit for a year. And who knows what's going to happen with Greenlaw and Aziz. Doubt you can bring them both back. Um, some of those types of guys that you could find. Uh, this is a fun, deep draft. It really, really is. It's not top heavy. But, man, there are so many second and third and fourth round picks where the meat of this draft is. 49ers are going to be able to land some stud players. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, you got me way more excited just from having you on because, you know, you, yeah. we, you think about the draft like last year and how much we were so focused on three, so focused on three, kind of forget about what happened afterwards. I think this year, you know, we're focused on building the best team to beat the Rams. That's my number one focus <laughs> as a 49ers fan. Finding a way to beat the Rams so that we can go play the Broncos in the Super Bowl. That's my biggest thing. I want to beat Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl more than anything on this Ooh. world. As you know, I Ooh. lived in Seattle for four years. I want to go and play the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl <laughs> more than anything. And the hey. fact that we have a chance to make that man sad on national television makes me happy. I love that, man. The 49ers and Broncos have played in the past in the Super Bowl. How'd that go? I was born uh, eight months after that, just so you know. Ooh, I was eight months. Bowl, Whoa. Baby. Okay. All right. What is it? Nine there months. What is it? Is it eight months? Whatever it is. However long you're supposed to be pregnant after you. I was a Super There Bowl, you baby. go. That is awesome, <laughs> man. You had no choice but to, no. to host this show, man. I love it. Yeah, that's why I'm here today. But, uh, John, it's been an absolute pleasure. If you want to let people know all about that draft party one more time, tell them how to sign up, get those tickets, and hang out with you and uh, Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, partying in Vegas, Mandalay Bay, a private club, uh, 49ers players hanging out. It's going to be incredible. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Go get your tickets, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. We're going to be there days one and day two. And let me just I, – I would be remiss if I left this without saying this. You have the best logo that has ever been created in all of 49ers. Twitter, podcasting, shows, whatever. Uh, my childhood, it's like the best of the best. That that in-cubed, man, I just want to say <laughs> salute. I, I had the idea, and it just I ran with it. I had someone, I had it, put it in my head, I had, set it over to him, and he perfected it, and here we are. Oh. I honestly love it. It's my favorite thing about this channel, I think. But I, I love it, it. man. Um, real quick, too, how can they follow you on YouTube? How can they check out your Twitter, all that fun stuff? Yeah, just type in John Chapman or 49ers Rush Podcast. We'll pull up on there. We put it, we're putting out about five to six videos a day right now. And, you know, if you're a film guy or want to be a film guy, that's going to be the place. Every single player that the 49ers draft, I'm going to be going through the coaching tape, seeing what they can do and can't do and all those things. And if you want to pick up on some of the 49ers draft targets film work, that's probably where the place you can find it. Absolutely. Make sure you subscribe to him. Make sure you check out his stuff. This man was on Trey Lance before any of us. Like, you guys, people forget that. Like, yeah. I was all about Justin Fields this, Justin Fields that. Meanwhile, you're like, Trey Lance. I'm like, ah, oh, John, he's just being John. And here you know what happened. I was on drinking one night. night before Christmas, and I was just watching some <laughs> quarterback tape, and I was like, dude, this guy, Kyle Shannon's going to love him. And I tweeted something out. I don't even remember tweeting it. But then, like, people started retweeting it back at me. And I was like, ooh, I was drinking a lot that night. All right, here we go. All right, I'll take credit. Drunk <laughs> Chapman, uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I just love that. I it's just find it hilarious because here we are. We were all on Justin Fields' train. Here's John Chapman, the one dude on Trey Lance. And here we are. He's the quarterback for San Francisco 49ers. So I love, always love talking to you. Uh, appreciate you We got one on. right. We got one right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can check me out at 9849 on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're still giving away a Trey Lance jersey once we hit a thousand. And uh, oh, yeah, one more thing the hype train never stops, baby. <laughs>
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.